There's a word from the Lord in the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 4 is where we're going on today. Mark chapter 4, I'm reading from the New King James Version, Mark chapter 4, and I'm going to begin reading at verse 35. That 35th verse of the 4th chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Listen to what God's Word says. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? I want to preach about surviving the storm. How do you survive the storm? There is a, a very popular statement that many preachers and teachers and motivational speakers use. I heard it for the first time when I was a student at Bishop College in Dallas, Texas back in the early 80s. The president of our college was Dr. Harry S. Wright. And I'll never forget Dr. Harry S. Wright in our mandatory chapel service. He said to us that all of us find ourselves in one of three places. Either we're in a storm, we've just come out of a storm, are we getting ready to go into a storm? And, and I want you to understand that's how life is. And those of you who are not experiencing a storm right now, don't you go to sleep on me. I know the sun is shining. I know that you got a nice job. You got a promotion on your job. I know you got 200 false friends on Facebook. All that's wonderful. But you don't want to sleep on this message because everybody goes through storms. You're either in one, coming out of one, or you're getting ready to go into one. Which leads me to the first thing I want us to get today. I want us to understand that storms are normal and natural and inevitable. Stop thinking you miss God because you're in a storm. That somehow, I, I, I thought God wanted me to be here. I thought God wanted me to be with this person. I thought God wanted me to have that job. But now all hell's breaking loose. I must have missed God. That doesn't mean you miss God. Y'all, everybody goes through storms. Even the text we were reading, it says Jesus was in the storm. He was tempted as we are, in all points as we are, but he knew no sin. And even Jesus had to endure storms because storms are normal and natural and inevitable. And I don't care where you try to move or live or who you try to get with or not get with, you still going to run into a storm. 
there was a young man that was talking to me. He said, Pastor, I'm getting ready to move out of Indiana. I said, why are you moving? He said, because I, I don't like the weather. I can't take the blizzards. I can't take the snow and the hail. I'm not going to be able to deal with all this cold. So I'm moving to Florida. I don't like this snowstorm. I said, well, what you going to do with the hurricanes when they show up in Florida? He said, I forgot all about that, that I'm going to the other part of the country. I'm going to California. Well, they don't have hurricanes, but they have earthquakes and fault lines, and the earth opens up. What, well, you're right, Pastor. I'm going to New Orleans. They got good food and friendly people. Then what about the flooding you're going to deal with when you get there? Pastor, I forgot all about the flooding. Then I'm going to the southwest. I'm going to Oklahoma City. Well, what you going to do with the tornado? Why do you think they call their NBA team the Oklahoma City Thunder? Y'all, you're not going to move somewhere and not experience a storm. They are normal, they're natural, and they are inevitable. Here's why I brought that up. Because somebody, you're single, and you're saying, I'm tired of the challenges of being single. I'm going to get married because I don't like these issues I'm facing. Okay, you can get married. But you still going to have some issues. Don't say amen, married people. Just look at amen for me. There's going to be some challenges there. My grandmother used to say that marriage are like flies on a screen. Those on the outside are trying to get in, and those of us on the inside, we're trying to get out. It's, it's going to be some kind of challenge. I'm tired of working for somebody. I'm going to own my own business. I'm going to do my own thing, and that's wonderful. Be an entrepreneur. Nobody's going to pay you like you're going to pay you. Get your own bid. That's, that's great. But that don't mean you're running away from storms and issues. It's just another set of challenges. I'm moving out of the inner city. I'm moving to the suburb. I moved out there. There's a bunch of mess out there, y'all. So just <laughs> storms everywhere. Everywhere you go, you're going to run because they're normal and they're natural. Stop thinking you miss God because of the issues and the challenges that you're facing in your life. Matter of fact, all of us, face, we just don't want you to know we're facing the same thing you're facing. It's just how it is. But it doesn't mean that God has left you. It doesn't mean God has forsaken you. And all the time, it doesn't mean God is punishing you. We keep thinking that every time trouble comes, God must be punished. And, and now God will discipline those he loves. So the wages of sin is death. If you sin, there's going to be some kind of negative consequence to your sin. But y'all, all the difficulty that we're facing is not because of sin. It's not, when, in the book of Genesis, when you get a chance, read Genesis chapter 6, 7, and 8. And God sent a flood, 40 days, 40 nights. 150 days that the water was there. It was a mess. And when he sent it, he sent it because of the violence of the people, the unrighteousness and the sin and the murders of the people. And God said, I'm just going to start the world all over again. And he sent that storm to bring destruction because of sin. But y'all, Noah didn't sin. And Mrs. Noah and Ham, Sham, and Jephthah, their sons and their daughters, they still went through the storm because the storm didn't come to them for destruction. The storm came to them for development. They still had to go through the storm, and it rained 40 days and 40 nights on them, and, it, and 150 days they were in the flooding. But when the storm was over, Noah's ark landed on Mount Ararat. It landed in a high place, in a mountainous area. He didn't start there. He started in a plain. He started in a low area. 
But the more that came down on him, the higher he went up. Y'all catch my play on words later. It rained 40 days and 40 nights. And the more that it came down, the higher Noah went up. Until when the storm was over, he was in a place he never would have been in had he not gone through the storm. And he was at a height he never would have been in had he not... Every now and then, God sends you through a storm so that you can sit with Christ in heavenly places. Do I have a witness in here? He's trying to get you somewhere you never would have been had you not gone through your storm. Storms are normal. They're natural. They're inevitable. And then something else I want y'all to get today. (laughs) This text in Mark chapter 4 teaches us there are no emergencies with God. God doesn't get in a hurry over things that upset you and me. No emergencies. Somebody, you're frantic right now. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent this month. Oh, I got to get food on tap. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to pay my tuition. And now you're calling on God. God God ain't in no hurry. Because he has no emergencies. There are no emergencies with God. God God doesn't need an emergency exit. Y'all, God is not up in heaven pacing the streets of gold, trying to figure out how am I going to get Jeffrey Johnson out of this this time? God's not sitting on the throne in glory, just wringing his hand. I don't know how. I'm going to see them through this issue. No. There are no emergencies with God because God doesn't get in a hurry over things that upset you and I. Now, here's the thing about being in these storms. That's why we, insert, we think, it, oh, we're so frantic, and God's got to hurry up and do something. Uh, no. Here's the issue for us. It is so hard to hear God's voice in the storm. They got in the boat. They're on the Sea of Galilee. The disciples get in the boat. Jesus gets in it with them. They're going across the Sea of Galilee. And then the waves start rising. The winds start blowing. Water's getting in the boat. They're trying to bail the water out so to prevent them from sinking in that. And they're, they're, it's an emergency to them. And they're tripping. They're in fear because it's hard to hear God's voice in the midst of your storm. When you're trying to figure out what to do with these children, when you're trying to figure out how to raise them without the other parent, you're trying to figure out how to pay these bills, how to get these ends to meet. Now I got to take a cut and pay on my job. And, And all this stuff is hitting you all at once and sickness comes into the family. It's hard to hear God's voice. And a lot of people are talking to you about what they heard God say to you. It's hard to, y'all ain't saying amen to this. So here's what I've learned to do. It's so hard for me to, to distinguish and discern the voice of God when I'm going through the storm. So always refer back to what he said to me before the storm. I can hear him clearly when I I don't have a storm. I know it's God. I know God's voice. I I, I can check it with God's voice. But in the storm, it's rough. So what I do, always revert back to what he said before my storm came. Pastor, what do you mean by that? And, And here it is in verse 35. Before... Before they started off, Jesus said, they're on one side of Sea of Galilee, let us go over to the other side. Text says, then they got in the boat, and they started to go. Then the storm came, and the disciples started tripping. You know why they tripping? Because they forgot what Jesus just said. Before the storm came, he said, let us go over to the other side. Here's my point. Why do you think you're getting ready to go under, and Jesus already told you you're going to go over? I know why y'all not saying amen. 
because so many of us are always under something. Every time I ask you, how you doing, you always under something. How you doing? Well, under the weather, uh, I've been under weather a little bit. Under the circumstance, things are all right. Well, I've been under the gun at work. I've been under a lot of, you always under something. I've been under pressure. No, you ought to sit with Christ in heavenly places. Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. You're not going under. He promised, let us go over to the other side. There are no emergencies with G. Mary and Martha found that out. Mary and Martha had a, a brother, Lazarus, that got sick, and they sent word to Jesus. This is this before Instagram and Facebook and Periscope. This before all, all the social media stuff. So they had to send a messenger to Jesus. The messenger took one day to get to where Jesus was. And tell, when you get to Jesus, tell him the one you love is sick, referring to their brother, Lazarus. Mary and Martha sent to, the, the messenger took a day to get there. He gets to Jesus. Jesus, Mary and Martha told me to tell you, the one you love is sick. Jesus, Lazarus is sick. And Jesus said, okay. Then he waited two more days. Then it would cost him a day to get to where they were. You know why he waited two days? Ain't no emergency to him. Just because it's an emergency to Mary and Martha, it's not an emergency to Jesus. And the reason why Mary and Martha thought it was an emergency, because they thought Jesus could handle sickness but couldn't handle death. That's why when Jesus got there, he said, show me where you laid him. Well, Jesus, he stinks by now. I ain't asked you his condition. I asked you his location. Stop thinking because you can't handle it. I can't handle it. I cannot just handle the sick. I can handle the dead. Do I have a witness in here? Look at somebody tell him, he ain't got no emergencies. I know why y'all not helping me. Y'all not saying amen because I didn't show it to you in the text. Let me show it to you in the text. Uh, they get in the boat. The storm starts raging, the way the winds are blowing, and it says it's a great storm that came. The water's now getting in the boat. And you know it's, it's all messed up because Peter, James, and John, this is where they made their living at the Sea of Galilee. They know about these. Matter of fact, when I was in Israel at the Sea of Galilee, they had a fish called St. Peter's Fish. This is Peter's area. He knows this place. And they're trying to get the water out of the boat, and all the disciples, they're looking around. Twelve of them are getting the water out. Somebody's missing. And so they look at each other and say, where is Jesus? You know where Jesus was? He was in the back of the boat, sleep. I'm trying to show you he ain't got no emergencies. He's in, in their storm. He's sleeping in their storm. Cause just because it's an emergency in their mind, it's not an emergency to Jesus. And y'all, he didn't go to the back of the ship and then fall asleep. Mark said he was asleep on a pillow. Jesus, in their storm, went and got a pillow, got in the bed, and went to sleep. Because there ain't, y'all, he's laying on a, this is A. Lewis Patterson, he's laying on a bed of blessing, wrapped in a cover of comfort, with his head on a pillow of peace, because there ain't, ain't no emergencies with Jesus. Do I have a witness in here? He ain't tripping over what we tripping over. And here's what I want you to get. The reason why there are no emergencies with him, because he never just lets you go through something just to go through it. There's always purpose to your pain. I don't know what you're facing. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what you, I don't know how much it hurts, 
about sickness and disease and death and hard times and poverty and economical issues and social, in, social injustice. I don't know what it is. But I do know the very fact you're in it, God is up to something. Man, I wish I had some Bible. And we know all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. It, he's always up to something in our life. Pastor, what in the world could he possibly be up to? And I'm going through one storm after another. I wish he'd show me what he's trying to work out. Well, I can't tell you exactly what, what you're, why he's doing it in your life, but I know his purpose attached to it. In 2017, there was a, a storm, uh, Hurricane Irma. Hurricane Irma not only hit the United States and uh, in Florida and Alabama and all that kind of stuff, but it also went to the British Virgin Islands. And in the British Virgin Islands, Hurricane Irma was so terrible, it tore roofs off of homes, roofs off of businesses, roofs off of schools, and it tore a roof off a prison in the, in the British Virgin Islands. It was a prison that housed 200, 200 prisoners. But when Hurricane Irma went through there, it snatched the roof off. And when it snatched the roof off of that prison, 120 prisoners got up and left. I'm trying to show y'all something. That storm came through there and set them free. And I think what God is doing in some of our lives is sending a storm to take some of this stuff off of us, to liberate you, to emancipate you, to set you. Do I have a witness in here? Let me give you one more and I'm done. One more and I'm finished. So you got you to understand what you're going through is normal and natural. In it. We all go through something. And just stop tripping because there are no emergencies with God. He's working something together for your good. And then here's the last thing. Since we know we're all going to deal with storms, you got to make sure you got Jesus in your boat. I, I know it ain't all deep and profound. Since you know you're going to go through something, make sure you got Jesus. In you. Before they got into the, on that boat on the Sea of Galilee, it said they got in it. And then Jesus got in there with them. Well, preacher, how do I get Jesus in my boat? You got to believe Jesus died on the cross. You got to believe God raised him from the dead. Receive him into your life by faith. The moment you do that, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. And the Holy Spirit moves into your life. And now you got Jesus in your boat. Y'all, this world is too big for you to try to handle without Jesus. This world is, is too mean to try to handle without Jesus. It's too much political corruption and religious corruption. It's too many liars in this world to try to handle it without is there anybody that know you're going to need Jesus in your life I'm definitely not trying to deal with this world without Jesus so here they are they trying to get that water out of that boat they look around they don't see Jesus they finally went back there to the back of the boat he sleep on a pillow and woke Jesus don't you care do you not love us you don't have any compassion for us? Do you not care that we, we are dying? And Jesus woke up and said, where is your faith? Why are y'all operating in so much fear? You don't have faith in me? You don't have faith in God? You don't have enough trust to know? I know what you're going through. I know what you're facing. That I can handle this? That I'm working stuff together for your good? I'm trying to set you free. 
I'm trying to get you to places you never would have been had you not gone through it. I'm trying to get you to heights you never would have gotten to had all that stuff not come down on you. Where is your faith? And some of y'all not saying amen because you don't know your fear runs faith away. Y'all, faith and fear are mutually exclusive terms. You can't have both faith and fear in the same place at the same time. Wherever there's faith, then there is no fear. And whenever there's fear, there is no faith. And some of us, I fear about, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Push your faith out. Let me tell you how to push your fear out. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Do I have a witness in here? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that I believe that Jesus will make a way out of no way. Do I have a witness in here? Your faith pushes out fear. Since y'all ain't saying amen, I'll just testify myself. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is with me. His rod and staff. Do I have a witness in here? Faith pushes fear out. Now here's the thing. We, we couldn't recognize their lack of faith until they got in a storm. They've been following Jesus. Jesus has been multiplying bread and fish and healing the sick, giving sight to the blind. They done tore up a roof and lowered a man down. Jesus. So we're thinking, man, these disciples got a lot of faith. Till a storm hit. Jesus said, y'all operate not in faith, but in fear. Now, I don't remember what year this was, but um, Greco, they make all those baby ad items. They had a car seat uh, that they had had a recall. It's years. I don't know what year it was. I don't know if you got that for your baby and grandbaby, but Greco, check it out, though. Greco had a car seat, and they had to have a recall on thousands of these car seats because... In a wreck, the seat would disconnect from the base. Now, when everything was smooth, it looked like everything was intact and everything was in place. But when a wreck came, the hooks wouldn't hold. It was a disconnect from the base, but you couldn't tell it when they were rolling smoothly. But when they ran into, y'all ain't getting none of this, but when they ran into something, that's when you could tell they didn't, they didn't have the hooks to hang on in there when they ran in. Y'all, anybody can praise God when your bills are paid. Anybody can shout when your child's on the honor roll. Anybody can give God glory when you're in good health. But can you praise him in hard times? Can you shout in difficulty? Who was it? Who was it? Habakkuk that said, though there be no sheep in the stall." Though there be no cattle in the pen, though there be no fruit on the vine, though there be no crops in the field, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Y'all don't know Habakkuk? Here is what Job said. He lost his family. He lost his money. His wife started talking crazy. All hell had broken loose. And Job said, all the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait till my change come. Though he slay me, yet, I wish I had somebody with a yet faith in here. Though I'm going through, though I'm catching hell, yet, will I trust in, do I have a witness in here? 
You got to hang on with your faith in hard times. I got to shut this down. Jesus woke up. Let me close this. Jesus got up. Where's your faith? Why are you operating in fear? Your faith will push that fear out, y'all. And then Jesus said, peace, be still. Oh, my goodness. The waves laid down in rest. The winds, I don't know where they came from, and I don't know where they were going, but the winds stopped blowing because Jesus said, peace. When Jesus spoke a word in that situation, it turned that whole thing around. And they said, what kind of man can this be? that even the winds and the waves obey him. Y'all, had they checked their track record, he'd already lifted somebody who'd been paralyzed 38 years. He'd already changed a paralyzed man's life when he told him your sins are forgiven. He'd already given sight to somebody who was blind. He'd already fed a multitude of two fish and five barley loaves. Don't you think he can handle water too? Wait, he turned water in the wine. He already showed you he can handle water. Do I have a witness in here? Peace. I got to close. Uh, how can I shut this down? Oh, this is years ago. Okay, my youngest son is 22 years old, and he's trying, he ain't trying. He's finishing up his, his master's degree at New York University. I'm so proud of him. He already got his undergrad work at Howard in finance. Now he's at New York University. And uh, when, he was, when he was younger, it was his birthday. Now, at our house, we, we celebrate Christmas a lot differently from most folk. We don't give gifts to each other at Christmas time in our house because none of us were born on December the 25th. We give it to the one that we celebrate his birth on that day. So we give to the least, the lonely, and the left out. We've been to juvenile centers. We've been to hospitals. Uh, we've been to nursing homes. We've, we've been to prison. We've been a lot of places to bless those homeless shelters. That's where we go to celebrate our Christmas. So on their birthdays, we have big birthdays because they don't get anything on Christmas. It ain't your birthday. But on birthdays, we have big birthdays. And KJ was small. Son, what do you want for your birthday? Dad, I, I don't even remember the name of the place. They got all these games in there. They got pizza. They got food. They got go-karts. They got everything in there. So I said, all right, it's your birthday. Who you want to come? I want my cousins, my classmates, and my friends. We threw a big party for KJ. And his cousins came, his classmates came, church members came. And, and so we, we were having a good time. Then they wanted, after he opened the presents on, now they were going on the race cars. When they went to get on the race cars, they had a, a measuring stick out there that you had to be so tall to ride in the go-karts. And one of his friends, he's the same age. You know, my son's alone, man. He's, this, this little cat, he was the same age, but he was so small. I, my heart, I, I, he couldn't get on. He, he didn't measure up. He came short, and they wouldn't let him on there either. He was in tears, and he was crying. All his friends riding around, and I really felt sorry for him. Then I looked up about 10 minutes later, and I saw him in the go-kart, and he was just smiling and having a good time. I said, I thought this little cat fell short. Then I noticed... His father was in it with him. They wouldn't let him ride by himself. But when his father got in it, they let him get in it. Now he has an experience he would not have had had he not invited his father into the ride. All I'm trying to tell you, you got to let Jesus in your boat. 
How many of you know he'll take you places you never would have gone? Open doors that never would have opened. Bless you and what? Is there anybody here that know he can handle your storm? Throw the storms. Keep on raging in my life. Can I get a witness here? And sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day. Still the hope that lies within is reassured. As I build my life upon the Christian shore, I know he'll lead me safely to that blessed place he has prepared. But if the storms don't see, and if the winds don't stop blowing in my life, my soul, is there anybody here? Your soul has been anchored in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. Y'all excuse me, my soul is anchored. My soul is anchored. My soul is anchored. My soul is anchored. Billows may roll, breakers may dash. He, I hold him close, cause he holds me fast. So dark the day, clouds in the sky. I know it's all right. Jesus is mine. Somebody give him glory. My soul has been anchored in the Lord. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Then give him glory in here. Hey! Listen, come on, stand with me.